we have a highlighter. Um, I want you to highlight a, a couple of important things that we could stop and actually preach on or preach from. It says, when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in the prison, the Lord was with him. Like, that's just an awesome place to stop and reflect for a moment. That the man is in prison and God, God was not on a visiting thing. God was in the prison with him. So whatever prison you are in life, wherever you are, you feel confined or marginalized. You feel like the borders and the boundaries of life, they are closing in on you. God is with you. It goes on and says, he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Prison couldn't stop the kindness of God and it couldn't stop the favor of God on Joseph's life. Wherever you are this morning, whatever you're going through, the favor and the kindness of God is still on you as a child of God. Your circumstances don't change that. Amen? So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those who were held in prison. Have you ever felt like I need to move from where I'm at so, I'm getting, so I can get promoted? Joseph got promoted in prison. Wherever you are, God can promote you. You don't need a change of location. You just stay with God. And he was made responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Because the Lord was with Joseph. Watch this. In prison, the scripture said, and gave him success in whatever he did. Listen, I, I'm, I'm so happy that when God has you on a path, wherever he has you, he can give you success there. If, if, we, if we just take this and meditate on it, we will not complain in our place. Because too often we want to change location because we can't see the hand of God in our present location. God is with you. His kindness and his favor is with you. He can promote you right where you are and he can give you success in the situation that you are in. Do you agree with me this morning? Hallelujah. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning and we praise you. Unstoppable God, the God who is the lion and the lamb. We set our hearts on you. Come do what you do. Lord God, we, we come to you broken and contrite this morning. And we ask you to open our eyes to see your truth. Open our ears to hear your voice. Open our minds to understand your word and our hearts to receive everything you have in store for us. Lord God, we want to be more than mere hearers of your word, but do us also. Change us from the inside out, Lord God. We lean in to you, Holy Spirit. We lean on you, Lord God. God, we draw near, Lord God, as you pull us by your Holy Spirit, Lord God. We want to leave here better than we came here. We want to leave here stronger than we came here. Stronger 
in you, Lord God. God, we pray that someone this morning who is probably contemplating going away from the path of righteousness, someone who is in the pigsty like the prodigal son, will come to their senses and make their way back home in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray for someone who has never yet tasted and seen that the Lord is good, will taste and see this morning the goodness of God and enter into a personal, intimate relationship with you who is the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords. We bless you. God, we give you all the glory. This is your time. This is your moment. And all the glory belongs to you and to you alone. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. Listen, you need to get your notes because um, we're going to go uh, through some scriptures this morning. And I want you to write some things down. And I want you to go home and go back over them and read the stories and see how it applies to your life. So my first goal this morning is to help us as believers to understand that some detours in our lives are God-sanctioned God and others are self-made. There are some stuff, some, sometimes we are on our, the path to our destiny and we are detoured and some of those detours are caused by our own action while others are God putting us on a detour for his own purpose and for his own glory. The second thing or the second goal here is to empower Christians empower us as we journey through our own detours by giving, giving us four proofs for determining that the detour we are in is in fact God-sanctioned. Simply put, I want to help you in understanding whether or not the detour that you're going through is sanctioned by God or is it, is a, it is a self-made detour. For, let, me, let me just say this straight up. If you're on a detour that is self-made, you need to get off it and get back on the path of righteousness. Get back into, into God's path. Allow God to order your step and to lead your life. If you're on a God-sanctioned detour, rejoice wherever you are on that journey. Because God is up to something good. So the question we must ask ourselves this morning is how do we know if we're on a detour from God as opposed to one of our own making? We all have detours. That's just the way of life. It, they're unavoidable. We said that last week. They're unexpected. They're unknown. Unavoidable. If you are a child of God, you're going to be detoured. Because our ways are not his ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. We have a way of moving from our dream to our destiny. We have a way from having God's vision to seeing the manifestation of the vision. We have a way and oftentimes God has to step into life and say, that's not my way, that's your way, that may be a good way, but there is a better way, there is a God way. And when that way comes, there's a fight. Do I trust myself or do I trust God? That's what we want to look at uh, this morning. There's a story about a man who once aspired to become a pastor. He was a nice, uh, nice enough guy and a deacon at his church. He had a real love for the Lord and enjoyed serving his congregation. Then one day he called and spoke to his pastor friend and told him that his wife had gotten sick and had been admitted to the hospital. This is a real story. Within a few days, she died from brain aneurysm. And understandably, 
it devastated this young deacon. And he began asking the question that so many others have asked. That three letters, why? People ask that question. When things happen, one of the first things, especially for the believers, why did this happen to me? Why me, God? So he asked those questions. And so as the weeks passed by, the bitterness of his loss got the better of him. He quit going to church, withdrew from his friends. A whole year had gone by when he got a phone call one day from an old friend who was in tears. This friend's son had just died in a car accident. And he was emotionally devastated. Without hesitating, this former deacon drove four hours to a friend in need and spent weeks, spent weeks helping him work through his deep grief. That same year, he went from losing his own wife to counseling six other people who experienced similar personal ish losses. He returned to the church and today he is a grief counselor in a successful Christian counseling center. Can you imagine that kind of detour in your life? Unexpectedly, your wife, your husband die. When you're serving God and doing what is right, you probably feel like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, why would God do this to me? Can you imagine going through that? But as you, as you read the story, one of the things you realize is, could it be that God detoured him so he would be able to help people who would be going through detours? Could it be that what you're going through is part of God's plan to prepare you for the other people who down the road are going to go through it? I know you don't like it. I know it seems hard to deal with. But maybe there are some people who need you to go through what you're go through, going through so that when they get through what they are going to get into, you'll be there to help them go through it. And sometimes you have to see life like that. That all it is, is part of God's design for us to help others. The truth is sometimes it is the pain and the suffering of life that gives us the greatest lessons to impact and influence other people's life to change. Here it is that this man lost his wife. But God used it in a way that he was able to help friends and other families. Imagine if he had not had that experience. How difficult it would have been for him to offer ministry. So don't curse your problems. Don't curse your pain. Don't curse your suffering. Just look for the hand of God. And find out from God, God, how can you use this through my life to be a blessing to someone else? Amen? If you had run into this man early in his grief, shortly after he quit church, you might be inclined to think that he had departed from the path that God had him on because he couldn't reconcile his own misery. But never underestimate the awesome power of God to take a man at his worst and turn him around for the glory of the kingdom. Never underestimate the power of God to take a person at the worst, going through the worst thing in life, and God takes 
that person and turn them around to bring glory to the kingdom of God. And that is why relationships are important because you never know what a person's turnaround is going to be like. So don't dismiss people, don't, don't, don't embarrass people, don't cut off people because you may see me looking like a mess now, but when God brings me through my turnaround, you may need to depend on me and God may, may, may want to use me to bring you to the place that he wants you. So be careful how you treat people in their pain and in their suffering because that's part of God's preparation for them. And you want to be around them because uh, here's how it works. There's a song that we sing and it says the, the hotter the battle, the sweeter the victory. So Jamaicans say, here's what I believe. I believe the harder the preparation, many times is the greater the ministry that flows from the person. In other words, the greater your pain many times and the greater your suffering many times, it prepares you for a deeper level of ministry and gives you a greater influence. So be careful how you treat people when they are going through great pain and great suffering and great struggle. Remember, Joseph started out his own detour in part because of his own immaturity. His brother stripped him And left him for dead in a pit because he just didn't know when to stop, when to leave. He didn't know when enough is enough. That's the thing sometimes. Sometimes we make some decisions that put us on the path that we are. And we need to repent. We need to repent. We need to acknowledge that we made bad decisions. But whatever started him down a path that seemed to have nothing to do with his dreams of greatness... And destiny, God remained committed to preparing him for the important work he had yet to fulfill. Though he was off the path, you could say, God was still committed to the destiny. Listen, I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're 60. Maybe you're 50. Maybe you're 40. Maybe you already feel like giving up. Maybe, maybe when you were 30, you thought like this would happen and that would happen. No, 20 years have passed. Ten years have passed. And you feel like, well, God must be done with me. God, no, there's no way. Well, maybe it is not God's will after all. Maybe, maybe I miss God. Listen, I want you to know this. That God is still committed to preparing you for the destiny that he has in mind with you. God has not changed. Come on, just lift your hand up and say, I thank you, Jesus, that it's not too late. See, you see, many people believe like it's too late. Like it's not going to happen again. You have put an expiration date on your destiny that God did not give you. And this morning, I want you to just remove the expiration date. You're not orange juice. You're not milk. You're a child of God. And it can't expire until God says so. I know because it started for Moses at 80. Check the facts. 40 years in in Israel. 40 years on the backside of some desert. It took David 40 years to be king of all of the house of Israel. He had to stop in Hebron for 20 years. And he got a calling from he was a teenager. Should I tell you about Abraham like last week? Can you imagine... God told you you have a child and you give up already and you're not 100. 
You're not 80 until you're 80. Don't give up. Because nothing is impossible with God. I know, I know the devil told you that we're living in a different time. It is a different time, but it's the same God. The times may change, but God remains the same. Frequently, church, as we move toward the future that God has planned for us, we experience stops along the way called detours. It's a stop, not a place for us to reside. You can't make permanent resident at your bus stop. It is, it is homeless people and people who have mental challenges who live at bus stops. You cannot live at your detour. When you travel, they have, uh, when you're going to certain destinations, they have what you call connecting flights and they call the time between the connecting flights layover. Alright? So you, you have a layover. When you're at your layover, whether it is one hour, 24 hours, you can't, you can't unpack your suitcase. You can't, you can't, you can't. In fact, sometimes you send your suitcase to your final destination. So when you're doing your layover, you don't have the hassle of dealing with it. Right? You, you don't live at it. You don't build, you, 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 don't, you don't book hotel at your layover. You don't go there and, and build a house. You don't say, I'm going to buy a spot. It is illegal and it is wrong and they will evict you. The same way it is in the spiritual. Your detour, your layover, is not a place for you to reside. It's a place for you to stay until God says move to the final destination. Because if you don't get connected to the other part, you're going to miss your flight. From a spiritual sense. So here it is that many of us, we get comfortable when we get to our layover. And we never make it to a final destination. I want you to know that these are just stops. They are called detours. But it doesn't change the fact that God has a final destination in mind. And that is where we are going. It means that God takes that which is intended for evil and, it, and he uses it for our good. You don't like it. And I know it's painful, but God is going to use it for our good. When that occurs, we feel compelled to ask certain questions like, Why is God punishing me? Or what did I do to deserve this? I've been doing right. I've been doing good all my life. God! We ask, why me? Why not you? What makes you special that you should be excused, exempt from suffering? Why not you? Why not me? While such questions are natural, they are not necessarily helpful. God allows us to go on detours and always with a purpose. Let me say that again. God allows us to go on detours and always with a purpose. God is a God of purpose. Amen? Do, do you agree with me? There's nothing that God does that is accidental or coincidental. Everything that God does from beginning to end is intentionally purposeful. Amen? What does that mean? Do you believe that God is leading your life? Come on, just, just put your hand up. If you believe that God is leading your life. Alright? 
You have to be confident that God is leading your life. Here's why. Because if you understand that God is leading your life, then you'll make sense of all that you're going through. The moment you miss or you misunderstand or you don't believe God is leading you, all the questions will arise. If you are confident that your steps are ordered by the Lord, if you are confident that as I trust in Him and I acknowledge Him in all my ways, He will direct my path, if you believe He is, then everything makes sense. Everything begins to make sense. Because if He's purposeful and He's leading my life and I am in a bad spot, then there's a purpose for the bad spot. But I can only have that assurance if I believe he's leading me. If I'm not sure that God is leading me, then then I may not even know or find out or understand the purpose of what I'm going through. But once I know that God is leading me wherever I am, then I know that whatever I'm going through, that God has a purpose in it because God does nothing by accident. Hallelujah. Simply put, we need preparation. And some of us need maturity. And some of us need correction. So when you stop, you stop sometimes to prepare to go on. You stop sometimes to mature to go on. And God stops you sometimes to correct you so you can move on. You are being prepared, mature, or corrected. And while these moments might look like setbacks to us, To God, they are simply part of weaving together a larger tapestry called our destiny. God is just putting the pieces together. So what you think is a setback is God setting you up for your greater. That's it. That's all that is happening. I've heard people complain about some stuff. I lost my job. Listen, God is preparing you and maturing you and correcting you for a better job. I've, I've lost my, 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 my house. God is preparing you. If you believe that you have been led by the Lord, it didn't happen by accident. The issue is, if I'm not being led by the Lord, and it happened, then obviously there is a problem. Because it is my own actions that has led to certain consequences. So, How do we know if what we are experiencing is a God-sanctioned interruption as opposed to a self-made distraction? How do I know that this is God? And so there are four ways to help determine if the path that we are on is one that God designed for us. That's where I want to help you this morning. I want you to leave here knowing for sure that what I'm going through, God sanctioned it. And if God didn't sanction it, we have to repent. That's it. That's simple. Repent and get back to the way. Because if we are experiencing stuff because of our own action, the best thing to do is to repent and return to God. What's the first way? The first way we know that we are on God's detour is that we are being persecuted for righteousness. If right now you are being persecuted for doing what is right, it means that God must have your ear. Because that's what God's people go through. Blessed are you when men persecute you and speak all manner of... uh, Great is your reward, as scripture says. Being persecuted for righteousness is a sign that you are in the will of God. Let me say that again. Being persecuted for righteousness is a sign that you are in the will of God. Do you feel like you are being persecuted for doing what is right? 
you're in the will of God. And listen, I know because that's what the scripture says. The issue we have is that one of the things the Christian faith hates the most is persecution. Especially when we believe we are right. We want justice. We don't demonstrate with placards. But deep down inside of us, we need justice. And I'm going to stand up for my rights. I am not going to allow anybody to treat me this way. In other words, I'm not going to go through no persecution. Because I am right. It is anti-scripture. The scripture says, blessed are you when men persecute you. But you know what we do? Curse, we curse when men persecute us. We curse all kind of words. We use all kind of curse words. We cuss out people. Get up off the job and dash everything over there and thing. Run out of the marriage and get divorced and cuss them off and get them go court and all of them things and stuff. Leave the church and say, who? And that's when I go to church again, them church people here and thing. Because they couldn't take little persecution. You just let people start don't like your church and see when the people change church. You know how many people leave their community because they were being persecuted? Christians. People leave churches because they were being persecuted. Like, if you're going to a church and you're not being persecuted, something wrong with the church or something wrong with you? I'm, I'm telling you. Come on, just, just, just say with me. Persecution is a must. For the child of God. Let me ask you again. Are you being led by the Lord? If you are being led by the Lord, persecution will make sense to you. Let, let, let me show you because I know you think pastor talking off the top of his head. And there is no biblical evidence for this. So let's see if we can find some evidence of this in the scripture. Joseph went to prison, not because he did something wrong, but because he stood up for what was right. Where is that? Genesis 39 from verse 6 to 20. Let's go through it quickly. It says, so he left Joseph in charge of everything that he owned. And with him there, he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And I always tell people that if you want to get a picture of what Joseph was like, just look at me. <laughs> I'm telling you. Right there. Handsome in form and appearance. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen? Amen. I thank you because I was waiting for that. I was there, there, there. <laughs> Verse 7 says, And it came about after these events that his master's wife had her eyes on Joseph and said, Sleep with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, with me here. I know that Joseph had some Jamaican in the middle. I tell you what I know. Like, if you, anytime you're around with a Jamaican, the first thing says, Look at a man. You understand me? He was Jesus. That's what Joseph would have cut the pot of water. Look at a man. Look at a woman. With me here. My master, he says, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. And he has put me in charge of all that he owns. There is no one greater in the house than I. 
And he has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? Though she spoke to Joseph, day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her to be with her. Let's put this in a little context for you, right? This is the gardener. This is the guy who uh, cleans the house. This is the guy who, who, who drives the car. This is the guy. And the boss wife, this is the pharaoh, right? You understand that he's going to find the best looking woman in the kingdom to marry. All right, she keeps herself well fine. She has power. She has influence. And she walks up to this man of God who is the guy who takes out the garbage. And he says, hey, sleep with me, buddy. And he says, no way. No way, Jose. No, 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 no way, wife. Hey. <laughs> right? He says, no way. And she comes day after day. She, she sent text messages. She WhatsApp him. She sent pictures. She shows him videos of him. And, there, and he said, no way. That part of Joseph, I don't think, was Jamaica. Man said, no. So how am I going to do this? Right? Watch this. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work. And what, none of the people of the household was there inside. So she grabbed him by his garment saying, sleep with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled. I said this morning and went outside. That this is where Beanie Man get the song from. <laughs> you know that song? This way you don't know it. Right? Beanie Man, one of our artists, does a song about girls that tear off the garment in the Bible, God. Right here. <laughs> says, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make fun of us. He came in to me to sleep with me and I screamed. When he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words. The Hebrew slave who you brought to us came in to me to make fun of me. But when I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Lie! Big lie. Man about to be charged for rape. And you know the court system is. This is jail business right here. No question asked. You, you try rape. The governor's the wife. Listen. There is no way. He could convince them that she was lying. You feel like that somebody in authority treat you so bad? Oh, you can't even defend yourself. You're just going to have to suffer. Watch this. He never slept with Potiphar's wife or welcomed her advances. When the situation with Potiphar's wife became too much to bear, he fled from the temptation altogether. Because of Potiphar's wife's accusation against Joseph, he was sent to prison even though he did what was right. Imagine if that happened to you. See, 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 imagine if that happened to you. Sent to prison for doing what is right. What would your attitude be? What would my attitude be? 
Church, if we never experience negative repercussions because of our Christian faith, we probably aren't Christians, or at least not very good ones. If you have not been persecuted or have some negative experience because of your Christian faith, you're probably not a good Christian. Probably you aren't even a Christian. You remember Daniel? In Daniel 6, 16 to 28, the scripture speaks about how Daniel was sent to the lion's den for continuing to pray to God and refusing to bow down and worship Darius. Sent to prison because he refused to bow down and worship a man. He was sent to prison, thrown into the lion's den because he chose to pray to God. In Matthew, in fact, 10 verse 22, Jesus promised that you will be hated by all because of my name. Nobody likes to be hated. But if you're liked by everybody, something is wrong. Because Jesus didn't have that. Again, in Matthew 24, verse 9, Jesus tells his disciples, They will deliver you to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. In 2 Timothy 3, verse 12, Paul, speaking to Timothy, says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. You know that you're on God's detour when you're being persecuted for righteousness. Philippians 1.29 For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake not only to believe in Him but also to suffer for His sake. It's in the Bible. See, there have been people fired because they refused to do evil on the job or steal or, or go with the program because they made a decision for righteousness sake. And there was a price that had to be paid because of the, the decision. The point is that standing up for what is right sometimes leads to great loss or pain in the short term, but great gain in the long term. You'll benefit in the long term. It may be painful, but if God is in it, the end is going to be good. If God is in it, he's going to carry you through. All the way. When we are standing up for righteousness sake. And suffer for it. God will often join us in the midst of that suffering. And see us through it. Church I want you to know that God is not going to stand on, on the outside. He was in the lion's den with Daniel. He was in the fire furnace with the boys. He was in the prison with Joseph. He was in the prison with Paul and Silas. Listen, there is no place that you can flee from the presence of God. He was in the cave with David. He was in the ark with Noah. He was at the backside of the desert with Moses. He was there when Abraham was walking through the wilderness. He was there with the children of, Il with the children of Israel in their journey. Listen, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, if your steps are on, by the Lord. His promise is that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is with you in the valley of the shadow of death and that is why it says you need not fear no evil for thou art with you. God is with you because he is intentionally and purposefully bringing you through what you're going through because there's a destiny that he wants to bring you to. Amen? So you're suffering. God is going. If they kick you out of the house, you say, thank Jesus. Well, both of us have been evicted. What are you going to do about it, Jesus? Because if he's with me, 
and he's living with me, and I'm out of a house, both of us are out. Let me break this down for you. If you go to the gym, right, and lift weights, you're experiencing a burden with purpose. Because weights at a gym is a burden with purpose. If you work out with a partner or a trainer, their purpose in placing weight on you is to develop you. So when the trainer is putting more weight, when they're doing the bench press and they're putting um, the, 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 the barbells, what do they call it? The, 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 the big heavy weights, like 50 more pounds, whatever they are, dumbbells, barbells. Yeah, I don't understand why people go to the gym and lift up dumbbells. You, you understand me just... <laughs> But they put, when, they, when they put more weight for you to bench press, it's not to kill you. It's to develop your muscle. And so when God is putting something on you, it is because God is developing your spiritual muscles. You see, the purpose of lifting weights is to build muscle. Now, if someone took that same weight and threw it at you, the purpose would be to harm you. So God is not throwing weights at you, he's putting it on you because he's your trainer and here's what happened when you're bench pressing, he says alright one more and if you can't he's right there and he lifts it up and he helps you up and down and so you're developing the muscle with his help, the next person is throwing it at you and you have to sight it, you have to catch it and it becomes a problem, so the same 50 pounds that is helping you to develop weight could be a same 50 pound that is used to harm you what's the point? God puts weight on you, the devil is throwing weights at you. Because the devil's plan with the same weight is to harm you. God's plan is to develop you. The same weight causes pain, but not for the same reason. One pain is to develop you, another pain is to harm you. God allows trials or temptation in the life of the believer to develop them. Satan, however, brings trials or temptation into the life of the believer to destroy them. And when you understand what God is doing, when you understand what the devil is doing, then you understand the prior for protection. If you're lean, learning how to drive and the man next to you grabs the wheel, that's to help you stay straight. I remember when I was learning to drive, the driver had a, a brake pedal. I just think he never rate my driving skill. Why you need a brake pedal over there? I'm, I can't drive. You get that for people who can't drive. You need one brake pedal. And I should be in charge. But he had a brake pedal. And, and there were times he had to hit the brake pedal. You know, because uh, my foot was too heavy on the gas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so he had to hit the brake pedal. And then he said, you know what? I remember once he said, you know what? And he was a Christian. So he said, you know what? Don't even bother paying me. I can't bother with this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lessons, lessons, lessons were going as planned. Right. But, but if you're learning to drive... If, if, if I'm teaching my son to drive and he sees me grabbing the steering wheel, he knows that I'm grabbing it to help him. But if someone in the car is opposed to him or trying to harm him and grab that steering wheel, he knows that that person is trying to get him to go off the road. That, that person is like the devil trying to get him off the road. But when you're driving with God, here's what happened. And he grabs the wheel. He's grabbing the wheel to get you on the right path. To keep you going where he wants you to go. Because somehow you're losing control. And he's trying to bring the vehicle back into control. Do, do you understand that this morning? So the point is that knowing the purpose of struggle 
our pain helps us to determine if we need to deal with our own sin or simply to trust that God has us right where he wants us. Are you being led by the Lord? The second way that we know that we are on God's detour is that in the midst of our persecution, God reveals his presence to us. You're going through something and then you say, oh my God, whoa, look, I mean, look what God did. Oh, I can't believe, listen, can you believe that God is doing this? Don't miss what God is doing in the midst of your detour. He's a present help in times of trouble. As Joseph was carted off to prison, the scripture said in Genesis 39, 21, the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him. You know when you're on that detour and you see God blessing you. You, you. you understand me? Life takes you on a path that is unexpected. But on that path, doors begin to open. You weren't planning on being in Jamaica. And then, I mean, you end up in Jamaica. And you see doors opening and you say, wow, man, look what the Lord is doing. Listen, you weren't planning on being in the Bahamas. And all of a sudden you see so many things happening and you say, wow, thank God for Jesus. You weren't planning on getting that particular job. And God just took you on a detour. And all of a sudden, promotions and doors. And you say, wow, look what the Lord is doing. The presence, when you see the presence of God in your suffering, in your pain, and on your detour, you know that this one is a God-ordained detour. Joseph found favor with the chief jailer who gave him the responsibility of being in charge of all the other prisoners. The same jailer never micromanaged Joseph's supervision because the Lord remained with Joseph and prospered his effort as a supervisor. You see, God promises to stay with us, not just through detours, but through a host of trials and storm. God will be with you. God is with you. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6. Let me tell you, it says this. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or tremble at the enemies, at the enemy nations. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Look for the presence of God. He's going to reveal his presence to you. In the hardship of life, the presence of the Lord is here. I feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. Even though the disciples panicked and thought they were going to die in the midst of a storm, Jesus remained with them and calmed it. That's Matthew 8 from 23 to 27. It says, when he got into the boat, boat sorry, his disciples followed him. And behold, a violent storm developed on the sea so that the boat was being covered by waves. And Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him up saying, Save us, Lord. We are perishing. He said to them, Why are you afraid? That's a question I want to ask you. If you believe that your life is being led by the Lord, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid of what you're going through? Why are you afraid of what you're experiencing? Why are you afraid of the change that God is bringing into your life? He says, You men of little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. That which is troubled now, when Jesus opens his mouth, it becomes perfectly calm. Fear not, for God is with you. The men were amazed and said, what kind of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? There's nothing 
that comes up against you when you are being detoured by God, that is bigger than God. Everything obeys him. Every knee bows and every tongue confess. Every water becomes still. Every fire is quenched. Every lion's mouth is shut. Listen, everything is silenced. A fire goes before him and burns up all his enemies. And the hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. Understand that God is with you. Isaiah 41 verse 10. God reminds us that do not fear for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You're on a detour right now. God's word to you. I know you didn't plan on being here this long. I know you didn't plan on staying this long. I know you you don't want to be where you are. But surely God will be with you. Surely he will uphold you by his right hand. If your life is being led by the Lord, it is intentional and it is purposeful. God has a perfect plan. His plans for you are to prosper you, give you hope and a future. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it in the end. The third way to know that we are on God's detour is that during our own suffering, God gives us other people who are suffering similarly so that we might minister to them in their, them in their need. Can you imagine you're going through trouble and God bring more people with trouble in your life? Hallelujah. You know that. Listen, you know God is up to something. If when you should be crying, you see 10 people walking up to you crying and you need to talk to them. God must be doing something. In other words, God just, God just brought you through to set you up to bring someone else through. Hallelujah. I know that this is God because with all that I'm going through, I don't have the strength. I don't have the energy. But when I am weak, then his strength is made perfect in me. It is at this point sometimes. It is in our broken time. It is in our painful time that God says, now you're ready to allow my spirit and my power to flow through you. Some of the times the greatest ministry and the greatest impact you will have is during the time of your greatest hurt. Because God will bring people who are hurting and need somebody who understand what they are going through. Who have been there and done that. So you can speak from a place. Listen, I don't know, but I, I, I just went through what you are going through. In fact, I'm still going through what you are going through. But the Lord has kept me. Brother, I want you to know that if God is keeping me god can keep you too that's the kind of thing that people hear and when they realize that there are other people who are real there are other people who are going through stuff they say well at least i know that i'm not alone you know that this is a god intended detour because he's bringing people right in the midst of your detour for you to minister to them don't if you know that but joseph encountered two new prisoners the cupbearer and the baker who also were in prison because they offended fear. In the prison, both men were assigned to Joseph who took care of them. Can you imagine that? Joseph was thrown into prison for doing what was right. And prisoners were put under his care. Like two men were thrown into prison who felt hurt. And Joseph, who was also hurt, had to take care of them. I'm getting somewhere. While in prison, both men had a dream. Each man had a different dream, but they did not know how to interpret them. This is from Genesis chapter 40. Um, You can read it from 1 to around 23. Uh, Joseph 
uh, provided them each with interpretation of their dreams. The cupbearer would return to service, but the baker would be decapitated and hung. And Joseph asked the cupbearer to put in a good word for him to fear up, but he forgot. You understand, Mr. Joseph is saying, Brother, more come out of the place here. See, when you go, see, we can't talk to fear no man. Don't some of us are like that? You're going to your suffering, you feel like, I want, hey, me just help you out, you know. One hand can't clap, you know, me help you, you help me. We try to get people into what God is doing. Like, let me tell you, be very careful, right? Because many times you take people out of things that God is bringing them through. That is why you must be, your life must be led by the Lord. Many times, God is developing and, and maturing and preparing people. And you know what we do? We love to bail out people. We, we love to bail out people. And we don't allow them to go through God's process because we think that people are not supposed to suffer. Church, God places others in our lives who are going through similar struggles so that he might prepare us for similar service in his kingdom. That's how he works. He uses other people and their problems to help us focus on them that is selflessness and not on ourselves, which is selfishness. What do I mean by that? Too often when you're going through stuff, all you care about is you. And for you to be delivered, God wants you to look at others. And in taking care of others. Because you reap what you sow. If you're helping someone heal, you're sowing seeds of healing. So in turn you get healed. And God has to take us from focusing on ourselves. That's one of the things I like about missionary work. Because here's the thing with missionary work. A lot of people who come and mission in Jamaica, they need healing. But as they come and they see other people suffering and begin to meet the needs in those people's life, then their own needs are being met. Because the greatest way to move from suffering to success is to begin to help people who are suffering. And if you begin to help people to move from their suffering to success, then those seeds will work in your own life. And so you yourself will move from suffering to success. Philippians 2, 3 to 5 says, Do nothing for selfishness or empty, from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility consider one another as more important than yourself. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which also was in Christ Jesus. You see, if we delay in helping those whom the Lord has placed in our keep, we will also be delaying our own destiny. You have to help people. Because in helping people, you're helping you. Often, it is through self, selfless ministry where you provide a blessing to others that the Lord is able to then bless you. Every day you delay helping someone else. And that is why ministry can never be delayed. I've often time hear people say, boy, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. I can't, I, can't, I can't minister right now. Listen, the best way to get out of what you're going through is help others. Not to focus on yourself. It's to always look to help others. That's how God works. Church, some of the most painful times in my life, I was going down into Remo and Trenchtown on Sunday evenings after church to have discipleship classes. And I was, as I was poured into those guys, 
People started coming to my life, helping me to grow, teaching me the Bible and teaching me scriptures. I, listen, I lived in an inner city community. They lived in an inner city community. And as I was taking care of them there, then people were taking care of me. The greatest thing you can do to propel you into what God has you to, wants you to do is to help others go through what they are going through. Going through. Amen? Finally, the fourth way you know that, remember, if you have been persecuted for righteousness, you are on God's detour. Secondly, if, if the presence of the Lord, if God's presence shows up, you know you're on, you're on God's detour. When he brings other people into your life, so you can minister to them. You know that you're on God's detour. And finally, we know that we're on God's detour. Is that we, when, as we near the completion of our detour, God postpones its completion. And I think this is where many people bail out. You get so close, and then God kind of, ah, one more year, four more years, five more years, and you get frustrated. Like, it happens to men a lot. Well, to some men a lot, right? Like, I don't know if you have ever had this experience if you're married and you think your wife is finished, all the makeup, all the setting up of the ear, putting on the clothes, everything, and you say, okay, let me turn on the car and get things ready. And then you go in the car and you sit down. Are you wondering, like, I thought she was going to come up by now. And just say, one minute. Um, and that one minute becomes one hour because all of a sudden there has to be another touch of excellence. You know, one spot was, listen, and you, you, you thought like everything was perfect. You wonder, what could this delay? I've been waiting for four hours. And you, I mean, you look good. What is it? Well, you know, I miss one spot with the powder. So let me go in and catch it. And, and they probably start in the car. And that one spot of powder turned into, you know what? The brown powder don't match the pink dress. So you know what? I may have to just change the whole thing. <laughs> like it, it starts back over again. That's what happens sometimes, right? And, and, and as male, we can't understand it. But let me tell you. Let me give you the genius in this. If you're into construction, one of the things you're learning construction, they will tell you that it is finishing that takes the longest because of the details that are required. Amen? So many times when, 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 when the rough construction is going on, everything is going real fast. But when you get to the, the final parts of putting up this little thing here and the tiling and the skirt, all of those things, the little details take longer. And so sometimes you get to that point when you think God is done with you, there are some little details that he needs to fine-tune. And he postpones the process. In other words, it is postponed and not cancelled. Oftentimes, however, what happens is that we take God's postponement as cancellation. For some reason, we believe that, boy, God must be done with it. You can imagine, look how far, look how long. Imagine, be ready for marry now. And then, and then, and then, then, then the pastor say, give it six more months. And look how long me wait. And me now about to marry again. Because people oftentimes take postponement as cancellation and give up on what God is doing and throw in the towel when God was just spreading out a new blanket. You see, many times we end when God is just about to begin. Come so close, but yet so far. You see, after asking the cupbearer to put in a good word for him in prison, in 
um, in, in Pharaoh's court, Joseph anticipated release from his unjust imprisonment, but is forgotten. Everything that Joseph interpreted concerning the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker came, came through. The cupbearer forgot to tell Pharaoh about Joseph once he returned to full service. Watch this. But God had a specific reason for postponing Joseph's release from prison. You know what the reason was? If you go to Genesis 41, we won't read it, verse 14. Pharaoh would have a dream. And God, watch this. If, if the cupbearer or the baker went and told Pharaoh, Pharaoh would not have seen God at work. God had to postpone it until Pharaoh had a dream. And when Pharaoh had a dream and Joseph had to interpret it, Pharaoh realized who Joseph God was. Watch this. You think it's about you? God wants to show his glory among some people. And if he took our look away, our little, help me get out of this way, the glory would not be seen. So God says, no, I'm going to do this my way in my timing. There's a bigger picture. I don't want just some cupbearer testifying. I don't want just some um, baker testifying. I want, I'm, I'm going to show you off to the highest man in the kingdom. Listen, I'm going to show you off to the highest person in the kingdom. So they will know that I, your God, Joseph, is king of kings and lord of lords. You see, the cupbearer won't bring that. The, the baker won't bring that. But when you go to the Pharaoh and the Pharaoh sees you doing this, the Pharaoh will know who the God of Jacob is. And what am I, what am I saying to you? That you may feel like it has been postponed. It's just that God has a bigger plan. That's, that, that's all it is. God has a bigger plan. For eyes have not seen. And ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of any man. The things that God has in store. For he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all we could ever ask. Think or even imagine. According to the power that is at work. Do, do you get that this morning? Amen. So God intentionally delays the moment of destiny for many of us because he's correcting, he's preparing, and he's maturing us for greatness. After being released from bondage, you know the story. God delayed bringing Israel, the Israelites, into the promised land to correct them of their disobedience and unbelief. They were delivered, but they were delayed for years. Because God had to be correcting them. Paul was delayed from journeying to Rome. He spent three years in Ephesus as a tent maker. As well as the rest of his, of his third missionary journey. During which he wrote six letters including Romans. Delayed but not denied. Postponed but not cancelled. Nelson Mandela sought to change South Africa. And move that country towards racial equality. But to reach that destiny, Mandela spent 27 years in prison. What a detour. 27 years in detour. You remember when he came out, one of the big things that happened was the Truth and Reconciliation Commission that changed the whole culture. He had to go through the detour so he'd be prepared to deal with that. And it never became black and white, but all of us together. 
we also must recognize that in order to live out the specific destiny that the Lord has in store for us, we will likely experience delays and setbacks which God will use to fashion us into people who are ready for that destiny. If it's taking so long, what is at the end must be beautifully fine and highly excellent. It has a touch of class. It has a touch of class. When that wife goes back in and comes back out, you look and you say, oh, you're really looking better now, dear. I mean, you look good before, but whatever you did, it's working. There's a touch of class. There's something additional, some other detail that God is adding to the process to make it fine and dandy, as people would say. See, church, the Bible says, all those who make decisions based on their faith, that is those who desire to please God, are going to run into being treated in an evil manner from time to time. The most critical test you will ever face is a test for suffering when you didn't do anything wrong. When you did exactly what God told you to do. And now you're paying a price. And it's not fair because all you were trying to do was what he said. While God didn't keep Daniel from the lion's den, he did join him in the lion's den. God didn't keep Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego from the fire furnace. It says there was a fourth person who joined them in the fire furnace. So God, because he's taking you through a detour, may not cut off the detour, but he might jump in the car with you. The key to your situation is not where you are, it's who's with you while you're there. So if you're suffering for wrongness sake, meaning I messed up in God's eye, and not suffering for righteousness sake, I did right in God's eye, you need to make that which is wrong right again so that God can join you. That's it, church. Come on, just bow your heads with me right now. Let me just give you two instructions and pray with you quickly. Two things you have to do. One, if you are on a detour and you know it's not God ordained, it's because you did some stuff wrong. Just begin to repent right now. Just say, Lord, you know what? I made some bad decisions. I did some wrong things, God, and my life has been thrown off course. Forgive me, Lord. I repent of my sins. I come back to you. Come on, just be honest and open with him. Just, just tell him that right now. Just say, Lord, forgive me. I, I, I repent, Lord. And know that where I'm at is not where you want me to be. It's not where I should be. So, God, I, I turn away from this path and I turn to the path of righteousness in the name of Jesus. For those of you here this morning who... The path that you're on, you know, it is God who have who, He has you there. You're going through persecution for righteousness' sake. So, Lord, I thank you that even in the midst of my persecution, you are with me. Be reminded that His presence is with you. That He will cause you to succeed even if you're in prison. There's another in the fire with you. Just trust Him that because you're been led by him. You're where he wants you to be. Be reminded that there are people who is going to use you to minister to though you're going through your pain. Don't give up. I know know it has been postponed a little longer. It's just like us. We have been trying to to build and trying to acquire property for so long 
And so many times we have gotten so close and then it gets postponed. And I think part of that is God preparing us, God correcting us, God maturing us because 10 years ago, 5 years ago, we would not have been able to deal with what it requires. But now, as we as we mature, as we receive correction, as we have been prepared, God is opening doors and opportunities for us. He's not canceling the plan. He's delaying it so we can develop. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Come on, just begin to seek the Lord. Begin to talk to Him. Be open and honest with Him. Uh, last week, um, one member of our church, I mean, writing a beautiful book and first time in a long while coming to church I think in 15 months and came to church after 15 months and the series is called Detour and like 18 months ago they went through a detour where they lost a family member and in that detour they wrote a poem alright so 3 months before the pandemic they wrote this poem and the poem is called Detour Ahead they come to church 15 months after that and the first service they attend title is Detours and I said Pastor I'm going to send you this poem and so with your head bowed and your eyes closed I want you to just, just, just listen to these words and let it be a blessing to you Said it, it, was, it was peaceful it was quiet not usually for a Sunday I was going to visit my friend driving along the highway there were only a few other cars and the drive was so easy the weather was quite pleasant it was cool it was breezy. Soon I came upon a bold sign, road construction ahead. Should I go forward or turn back instead? The choice was very clear, of course. I would press on. This was a minor inconvenience that would soon be gone. Then after three minutes, perhaps it was even for another sign with an arrow simply said, detour. I had to turn down an unknown road I went off the beaten track I continued moving forward there was now no turning back this road seemed fine at first though clearly it was one less traveled but soon it began to get narrow and my nerves became unraveled there were deep precipices there were steep inclines there were huge potholes there were no directional signs then there came a cloudburst. There was a sudden downpour of rain. I would tumble down a precipice never to be found again. But as quickly as it had begun, the rain came to a halt. The mist came rising up from the sun-warmed asphalt. At last, visibility improved and the narrow road got wider. I shouted praises and thanks to God as he had been my driver. I had set off for a very short drive, which unexpectedly became much longer. But what I learned from this detour has made me so much stronger. I learned that life never takes a straight path. It is full of twists and turns. It is full of ups and full of downs. It is packed with daily concerns. I learned that detours will always come and that most I can never foresee. But with faith and courage in those tough times, I'll hold the master's key. When you end up on a narrow pathway, in a place you have never been before, when you're at the edge of the precipice and fear rocks you to the core, when, an, 
when unexpectedly there's a cloud burst of trials or a downpour burst of tribulation hold on you have taken a detour don't give up into your frustration you may have mapped your own path but god had an alternative route it may be inconvenient and longer and can be a painful pursuit but it is the path of your destiny so along this road you must tread your work in progress there will always be detours ahead heavenly father we thank you for leading our lives thank you that you do everything on purpose though there are many detours there are many ups and many downs many twists and many turns you will never leave us nor forsake us i pray in the name of jesus that your people this morning would not take the postponement as cancellation i pray that they will still praise you when they are persecuted for righteousness because you said that blessed are we when men persecute us and speak all manner of evil against us may we trust you lord god that in the lions den you will be with us in the fire furnace you will be with us i pray lord god for someone this morning and maybe the postponement caused them to get frustrated and they have wandered away from the path Listen if you're here this morning or you're watching online and for whatever reason life and the detours of life has caused you to to go astray or to go away maybe you're at the, at the, the, the style like that prodigal son the scripture said he came to his senses you too can come to your senses so if you're here this morning or, or you're watching online and you say pastor I know this message is for me. I need to recommit my life to the Lord. I want you to do two things for me this morning. Just just repeat this prayer with me. That's one. And then if it applies to you, just just write on a connection card. I recommitted my life to the Lord. And we will reach out to you. If you're watching online, you can put that in the comment section and we will reach out to you. Come on with your head bowed. Just say with me heavenly Father. This morning I recommit my life to you. I recommit by repenting. I realize that I've gone astray. I've gone away. This detour has really messed me up. But I'm returning to you this morning. Forgive me, Lord. For it is sin and I have sinned. I believe in your son Jesus Christ. Believe he died for my sin. believe he was buried but now he's resurrected and seated at your right hand thank you lord for restoring this relationship in jesus name amen and amen and amen listen church just stand just stand with me for a couple of minutes there's a song that we sing it says there's another in the fire standing next to me and i want us to just sing and 
dedicate this to the Lord. Let this be our cry this morning. To remember that whatever I am going through, God is with me if he is leading me. He will never leave and he will not forsake. Come on, just lift your hands all over the building this morning. Come on, just lift your hands and begin to say, Lord, I thank you. Just begin to thank him right now. Just open your mouth and begin to thank him for the journey. Thank him for the stops on the journey. Thank him for the detours on the journey. Thank him for the postponements. Yes, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands this morning. Don't be afraid. Just lift your hands to the King of glory, to the King of kings, and to the Lord of lords. Hallelujah.